Here at IMC, we believe half of financial literacy is about knowledge. Now that other half, now that's lifestyle. It's the way you live. It's the way you move. So together we are going to demystify this good old world of finance and wealth building through our intentional guests and dialogue. Make sure you subscribe, stay tuned, and of course, stay planted. special guest um as i'm talking i don't have any water so if i get dry mouth during this podcast just an fyi <laughs> um but super excited about our guest today um colleague friend brother everything uh og triple og Corey green what's up Corey? yes sir man you know it you know it you know it yep um, so we're going to talk about a number of things. I, I think when you think about money and finances, as you know, we have a theme when it pertains to making sure you, you're thinking about money the right way, because there's a lot of misinformation out there. Um, and also when you think about your relationship with money, with financial institutions like banks, bankers, what does all that look like? So we're going to get into a number of different topics. Um, now, before we jump in, one thing that I've been able to appreciate with C. Green and, you know, we could get into how we manage some of our affiliations, but that's that's gonna be a whole nother another situation. Show. <laughs> another show, bro. Uh, but it's always been cool to run across folks that may have uh, lived in Calera, Alabaster area, and I may say, "Yeah, blah blah blah." Corey Green. Oh, you know Corey Green, the basketball player. Yeah, I do. Tell me more. And it's been it's always been cool to be able to see someone else's reaction to you from professionally, but also from a sports standpoint. So I segue that to say, tell us about where you're from um, and then what got you into the banking industry? Uh, that's a great question. So, <clears throat> you know, obviously I grew up in Calera early uh, childhood Alabaster, but we got a fresh start in Calera, if you will. And I always played ball. That's what we did in the hood. That's what we did for leisure. Um, that's mm -hmm. how you kind of got your juice wherever you were is that you had to do something. And so right. we played ball, man. And um, down in Calera specifically, there was so much talent in that mm -hmm. small town. And fortunately, um, I was able to play with a lot of good players, and we won a couple of state championships, and that really propelled us to a whole different stratosphere, right? right so you're right. a big fish in a small pond, yep. and everything yep. that we experienced was fun, but it wasn't necessarily healthy, if I can mm. use it like that. But <laughs> So we made a name for ourselves as a group. Our team had a lot of success. We had a lot of buy-in from the community, so it was a real cool situation, man. And, um, you know, fortunately, I was able to go to Sanford on a basketball scholarship. Yes, sir. And... You know, that was a culture change. That was a culture oh, yeah. shock. And, yeah. you know, certainly something that really helped shape who I am now, but I didn't appreciate it at the time as far as the difference in culture there. Right, right, uh, right. But, but fortunately, was able to go through that. We, we had some success there. We won a couple of uh, tournaments or went to the NCAA tournament through Sanford. And from there, you know, once I graduated, I really didn't have a clue, Coop. Mm. It's the first person in my family to go to and graduate from college. So there was really no path of, hey, this is how that works. Right, right. And uh, I'm just thankful to God that they, there was a man named Terry Bethay who um, took interest in me late in my senior year and really had a, a lunch conversation with me that guided me towards the financial services industry. So, mm -hmm. Coop, the way I got into banking was um, I had an inter interview with South Trust Securities at the time. And uh, really was fortunate to get a job just in a back office in a cage with a whole bunch of older women. Mm. And there I just processed checks, man, interest checks. And it blew my mind how large interest checks. Can interest, be. interest. So even in today's environment, 
I believe interest on a savings may be, you know, not good. Not good, right? Probably non-existent. Right, 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 right. So we're talking about money that individuals may have in their savings or in a particular account that now is generating interest. So if someone has $20,000 in an account, they may have $12 of interest at the end of the year or whatever it may be. So you're talking about money that is being made off of other money, ultimately. Absolutely. The yep. money was making money, and that money even had a tax bill of its own. Mm. You understand that? Yep, yep. And so what I would get every day is a list of checks that I would have to cut and process, right? Mm. And that was just my first job. So, right. man, I was cutting $100,000 checks, $200,000 checks, $500,000 checks. And keep in mind, this is the interest being paid on mm. money. Mm. So think mm. about how much money they had to have to get that type check. Right, right, right. And so it really exposed me to a different level of wealth, mm. um, a different le level of how you invest. And the CEO at the time approached me because, man, I was a grinder. Like, yeah, coming yeah, from being a former yeah, athlete, yeah. right? You know, it's like nine to five, this is it. It's yeah. like, yeah, go home. Like, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, you just put that energy and that effort into whatever you do. Right. And, you know, I, wa I wanted to be the best at that. Right. And, you know, he took notice uh, and really invited me to join a program that allowed me to work in every department of the firm. Mm. So this is back in 2002. Um, you know, I, I entered this program after I graduated from college and I learned the program. I learned the business from yeah. a broker dealer standpoint. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was very educational. <laughs> I uh, ended up taking a series seven. That was one of the toughest things I've ever done in my life. Yeah. I failed it my first time. Uh, real quick. They sent me to the A to study. <laughs> Yeah, we don't want no distractions. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm 23 at the right, time. Right, single, And so... Ooh, um, during that time. Yeah, that was a memorable <laughs> trip, but I did come back and fail that test. Um, but either way, you know, ended up passing, ended up getting my licenses, and around that time, South Trust got bought up by Wachovia, which sent me off. Uh, we all got laid off, so that really propelled me to kind of try to find my way in the industry. And at this time, I had no book, no value, no experience other than mm. what I just told you. But I mm. did have these licenses. Right. And that that attracted different companies to try to recruit me um, right. to, to come be a rep, basically, an investment rep. Mm. So I, I tried that, didn't do well. That's why I got so much respect for the lane that you have been successful in, Coop. Uh, because as a young black man, it was very tough to gain traction in that. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. now seeing where it is now... It's very gratifying to see that the grind, the effort, the sweat, that, like it's worth it. So yeah, I appreciate yeah. and salute what you're doing. Yes, sir. Uh, but anyway, long story short, I uh, was at uh, uh, Merrill Lynch in 2008. So there was some progression, some things that mm -hmm. happened. And got laid off in the market crash. Yeah. And during that time, A, it was a pivotal moment for my faith and galvanizing who I am and what I believe. Mm -hmm. And and also, it gave me an opportunity to kind of pivot and get into banking. Right. And that's where I started with Regions back yeah. in 2009. Um, and from there, man, you know, started in the branch as the first little buddy at the desk. <laughs> got all the problems, right? Uh, but you earn trust, you earn respect, and you learn the business, too. Right. And I think there is something, too, going through these processes to where you learn from the bottom up. Right. And so, with that being said, I was, you know, promoted a few times and uh, ended up, you know, being recruited to another bank to do some other things. And then got recruited to another bank to do some things. And now I've been recruited back to Regions as a commercial relationship manager. So, it's been a progressive growth uh, for me. I've met so many people in banking that I would not have otherwise met. Yeah. And it's been a blessing, man, like yeah. to be able to interact with the caliber of folks that I get to interact with. 
um, that has been truly a blessing and to learn this industry because it's very nuanced. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really good. And there, there's a point that I want to, I want to circle back on because there is, um, an experience that we have, or if you haven't had it already, you will have to where you you will be in an environment where the culture is different. Yeah. Right. And so there was a cultural difference for myself going to Sanford University and then transitioning that into the workforce. And as you know, in the financial industry, it's one thing to make money, but it's another thing to be around the folks that manage it. Yeah, right. And yeah. so that's the financial institutions, it's the investors, it's, the, you know, you name it. Can you speak on, on how the cultural differences at a location like a Sanford help transcend or, or transition um, any like skill sets or, communication skills that you were able to leverage while you've been in this financial industry? What version do you want, Coop? <laughs> you know, let's have at it, brother. Listen, the culture difference that I'm talking about was coming from what we consider hood, country, ghetto type stuff. And I, I'm not saying that I, I felt poor, but we were in a different environment where, yeah. I, but everybody was on that same plane. Yeah. Right. Yep. And then you get into an affluent crowd. Mm-hmm that had a certain aura about themselves. Mm -hmm. And in my first day on campus, they let me know that I should not be there. Yeah. And so when you have that experience, and I'm not talking about faculty and staff, I'm talking about culture and the, and the folks I was inter interacting with at my age group. Yep, yep. Like that either is gonna make you or break you. Mm -hmm. And so early on, you have to either find the confidence to be who you are and to figure out how to navigate this world. Now listen, I always say that just because I am this doesn't mean that you have to accept that. Yeah. So our challenge is to always be the best that we can be. Yeah. So the best version of Corey Green needs to be presented. Right. And so I think some of that challenging and some of that, uh, you know, uncomfortableness uh, allowed me to really figure out, am I going to really go that route? Mm. Corporate America, et cetera. Yeah. And once I got there and I saw who was there, Cause I, you know, I'm generally the only one in the room, <laughs> and but I had been that for four or five years. That's by then. right. That's so right. that wasn't such a big transition for me as it may be for others that have not experienced that. Right. right. And you, you gain confidence, not only in being able to do those, uh, have those interactions, but again, my faith propelled me to a whole nother level of confidence where yep. I wasn't worried about it. Right. 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 So you got to have confidence. You got to know what you're doing. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. But then people will challenge you and see where you stand. So again, what I'm saying, Coop, is that environment was was a big part of building me tough. Mm. Because as a young star athlete in Calera, everybody loved us. Yeah. Right? So I never faced that type of adversity to where somebody wasn't ready to receive. Mm -hmm. And here it is. It was just like, no, I don't want that. Mm. Yeah. And so, yeah, that transition was very critical, but learning the ropes at an early age in right. an environment like a college campus. Right. Figuring out how to navigate that world. Yeah. It wasn't such a shell shock once I got out here. Yeah. And I also found out that I can really be myself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's strong. You know? That's strong. That, and, and hopefully y'all are picking up the free jewelry as, as it's being dropped because there's two takeaways that I have already is the value in being uncomfortable <laughs> and embracing that. And having enough vision for yourself to see how you'll be able to leverage that in the future. But even prior to that, knowing who your source is, right? So knowing knowing um, who, who your true father is so you know the value that you bring to the table doesn't shift based off of where you are in the environment. 
because um, oftentimes we see someone in the position, but we, we, you know, we don't necessarily hear the details of the knee scraping moments, mm-hmm. you know, the way it was like, you had to put a bandaid on, you know, so it, there's just, so I appreciate you sharing that. So, so we're in the banking industry. We know that historically, especially, and this is going to be um, information regardless of color. We've focused on the color green, but there are certain experiences historically um, that have impacted certain groups that yeah. we definitely got to highlight as we talk about money. Um, so we, when we look at the the financial landscape of financial institutions historically, yeah, there's been a little bit of trepidation with black folks saying, I don't trust the bank, That's you right. know, and... And y'all know I would get on a whole Kanye rant talking about the Freedmen's Bank back in 1865. That was an event. Now that I mention it, let me give a little bit of context. So in 1865, after the Emancipation of Proclamation, good old Abe Lincoln said, all right, now black folks are free. They need to be able to operate in a free enterprise system, right? And they need to understand the role banking could play. So if you go to the White House today, right across the street, you'll see Bank of America. Where Bank of America sits, that's where the Freedmen's Bank stood. So if you slow it down, Freed Man's Bank, right? So over a nine-year period, we know that Abe Lincoln, unfortunately, was assassinated. The individual that took his job said, um, <laughs> verbatim, he said, I sure can't, um, he said, I don't necessarily agree with uh, Abe Lincoln. Let me, I'm paraphrasing, but I sure can't ignore it, right? Pretty much on some of the policies and the things that he put in place. Um over a nine-year period from 1865 to 1874, over 70,000 deposits of black folks' money. Again, freed men's banks. So they're free. They already had skills. They were doing carpentry. They were sewing. They were, you know, so there were things that they were already doing. They just now have the ability to get paid to do it. That nine-year period, over 70,000 deposits. They called Frederick Douglass because they saw the bank deteriorating, wasn't able to necessarily reflect the deposits that was there due to some um, shady business that was going on by the board. And Frederick Douglass came down, cut a check for $10,000. In today's dollars, it ranges on $1 to $2 million. So another thing, Frederick Douglass was paid now. You know, that, hey, that boy had land. So, so that's another, another aspect. But once the, in 1874, where they finally, you know, decided that the bank needs to close, that's 70,000 deposits, Right. It's been estimated. It's been a range in between one to three billion dollars of black folks money gone. Right. Eighteen seventy four. So you may have a generation from eighteen seventy five until nineteen thirty that had an experience where there was an inheritance that they were not able to uh, um, bring on yeah. due to the issues within a bank. So when great grandma say she don't trust the bank, it don't come from the air. Right. So there is a reality of the role banks have played and we don't have to get into all the different examples from, um, um, you know, from the FHA lending to some of the guidelines and the under, we don't, we don't got to get into that historically. I just wanted to paint the picture that in the black community, banks aren't necessarily seen as an asset, right? Um, can you speak to some of the misconceptions or some of the, um, um, we'll just say frustrations someone may have and, and specifically for business owners yeah. as they look to uh, acquire lending and then we can get into some of the steps they need to take before they make a phone call to someone like a Corey Green. That's a great, uh, you know, question and setup Coop, for this conversation. You know, I am the first to acknowledge once I learned the history of banking that it wasn't cool for black folks. <laughs> and they were very intentional on excluding access yeah. um, and not making these uh, you know, 
ways available for people to grow and build and be what is considered the American dream. Right. You know, and you, you can go all the way through policies and all of that, but the bottom line is there was a dedicated effort specifically around black people uh, to keep us away from these things. Right. And right. so, again, now you fast forward and you've had generations of this experience, and even if it wasn't the core of what was going on, the residual effect of what's happening, yes, the residual effect of how that experience even felt nowadays, right reinforces that initial thing right right so you know banks have had a lot of work to do to try to earn the trust of folks that we had intentionally not wanting to do business with yeah yeah so you know that is a very real thing that's a very real feeling in our community and it didn't come from just anywhere it came from the real experience of our forefathers if you will right and now you fast forward to 2021 and I still hear the same remnants of that same complaint. Mm-hmm. And when the, the thing I try to really encourage people to think through is, hey, you see a lot of nice houses. Because the thing I hear is that blank banks don't want to lend black folks money. Hmm. Right? Right, right. And I say, well, have you been to any neighborhood where black folks live? <laughs> Them houses? Yeah. That's long. Mm. Them nice cars? Probably long. Yep. Yep. You know, the things yep. that we're doing on a day-to-day basis, a lot of that is credit-based as well. Yeah. So to say that we're not or banks are not lending money in black communities, I don't think that's an accurate picture. Yeah. But I don't think banks have really made the the leveling of the playing field that's needed to do the catch-up work. Mm. Right? Yeah. So you yeah. can say, all right, we're starting from here and we're going to go forward and everybody's equal. Right. 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 But right. the build up to how that person got here versus what kind of struggles and strife has gone on to keep that person from any, get, the black man from getting there. Right. That has to be overcome. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so two things I will highlight as you ask me about black business owners. But first, the pain. We got to acknowledge that. Yeah, that's good. Right? That is a real thing when your dream has been killed at the door. That's good. When you have been denied over and over, and then it's been reinforced by situations that you're aware of, and now it's been exposed to where everybody knows what the deal was. Yeah, that's good. Now, to combat that, the federal government came out with Community Reinvestment Act, Mm. and so there are a lot of initiatives that force banks, force banks, force banks to lend in our community. Yeah. So banks have money, banks have an initiative, banks have an appetite, but they say, well, you still got to come this way. Yeah. Right? <laughs> We're going to evaluate you like right. we evaluate everybody else. Yeah. So that's credit score, mm-hmm. that's cash flow, that's mm-hmm. collateral in some point, that's right. debt to income. Those basic things are really kind of the core of a deal. Right. And if you have not had that historical training, that historical mm-hmm. balance of how do I manage my finances, right. even if the door is open right now, you can't qualify based on the lack of having these items. Right, right, right. So right. one one theory is we need to reevaluate how we're evaluating loans. Mm. If we are very serious about really getting capital there, then we got to reevaluate something. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. 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 And, so, and, and and really identify where that gap is, put the resources there to get that overcome, and then make it available. Yeah. Yeah. And then you talk about the business owner, right? And their plight of wanting to gain access to capital to build their business or grow their business, etc. But I, I'll say this to you as an entrepreneur, Coop. Mm-hmm. This field that you're in. There are no guarantees. 
I salute every entrepreneur because it takes guts, it takes a risk, it takes a vision, it takes persistence, but it also takes your own resources yeah, yeah. to get your business off the ground. Yep. There is no promise to anybody, black or white, yep. that the bank gonna partner with you and invest in your dream. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> We're not investing in your dream. Banks are not there to invest in your theory. Mm. Banks sell money. Mm. Banks are for-profit institutions. And the way banks make money are all fees, yep. loans, origination, overdraft, whatever you want to call it. Right. But quit saying that I run a lot of money through your bank, so you should do this. <laughs> That's like you telling the governor of Alabama, I passed through your state. You should give me some money for that. She's like, well, you, you only became a liability when you entered my state. Uh-oh. Mm. Did you stop and do yeah. some business at some of my restaurants? Oh. Did you buy some gas? Are you paying taxes there? Mm. So the fact that money is moving through doesn't make that what you think it is. Yeah. Because yeah. banks have to account for your money. Right. Banks right. are doing you a service by sending your money real time where you want it to go. Right. Right. And if something right. happened to your money, yeah. guess who you coming to to get it back? Mm -hmm. The bank. Yeah. So you, you sell insurance. Yeah. Yeah. All insurance has premiums. <laughs> So when you talk when you talk about FDIC insurance and that go. being important to you, yep. just know that that comes with a cost. Every time a dollar moves, it costing somebody something. Right. So please don't misconstrue how banks make money. And yeah. I say all of that to say you have to really know what you're dealing with when you walk into a bank. Right. They're not a partner in your dream. <laughs> I've never told anyone, yeah, the bank loves that dream. We're just going to invest into your business plan. Like. Lending is based on historical facts. Yeah. Facts meaning tax returns. Yeah. Receipts. Mm. Mm. Profit and loss statements. Those are the things that you base the lending on, not necessarily the vision or the person or the need. Yeah. Yeah. The need yeah. doesn't determine or move the bank on whether or not you're going to get the money or not. Yeah. Your ability to, to qualify for that loan is the biggest determining factor. Right. In such. Right. So for every entrepreneur out there, I know there's pain. I know you believe yeah. in your vision. I know you've gone to banks and different people and said, hey, I, I got this thing going. I just need some help. Right. The last thing a bank is going to do is invest into a struggling business. So there is no loan to rescue your bank, your, your business from a bank. I'm talking about traditional banking now. Right, right, right. Now, I'm not speaking for any other side subcap category of lending. Right. I'm talking about traditional banking. Mm-hmm. And so don't walk in there struggling and think that here's the crutch. Right. Banks are going to lend to folks that they have a high propensity to pay you back. That's the whole point. We want yeah. the money back plus some. Yeah. So, I, you know, that's that's a lot, Coop. That's good. But what I would also challenge people on, on, on carrying forward the offense. That's good. You got you gotta you gotta forgive to free yourself first of all. Mm. That's just personal. But you can't really expect somebody to look past all the offense and figure out what you're really talking about. Yeah. And so I liken it to this. There are now all kind of black players at the University of Alabama. Yep. SEC. Yep. And at a certain point in time, there were zero. Yeah. So the university said, no, nah, little buddy, you can't play here. <laughs> but we have forgotten that. Hmm. We got all, we all out here roll tired and I ain't got nothing against that. Yeah. 
But what I'm saying is nobody is holding it against Alabama right now that, hey, back in the 60s or the 50s or whatever, you didn't let us play. Yeah. No, nah, every time you get an opportunity That's to, good. you're going to show up, you're going to support, you're going to act like there ain't nothing happened because we right here right now it's all good. Yeah. And you need to walk into the bank like that. That's good. That's good. Let that offense go. Figure out what it takes to get done what you're looking to get done. But from a startup standpoint, Coop, and an entrepreneurial standpoint, I haven't figured out yet, and I've been in it almost 20 years now. Mm. How do you lend to a startup? Because banks ain't doing it. Yeah. Yep. And yep. so just know when you decide to become an entrepreneur, that is your choice. Yeah. That is your baby. That is your vision. And that's your responsibility. Yep. So if you get help, that's a bonus. Yep. But you probably want to plan it out first. The ones that I have been seeing be successful are the ones that are able to transition from something into that. Right. But I've also seen somebody grind it out and just build on what you have and be persistent and consistent. Yep. Until you build up enough track record to have the documents that it takes to right. even be evaluated for a loan. Yep. Yep. That's so that's that's strong. That that is one, I empathize with that because myself, I've gone through it. I've said, man, let me tell you this idea, you know, and go to the bank and they say, it don't work like that, sir. Um, and also have taken the steps to make sure my credit reflects what it needs to reflect, make sure that I connect with an accountant, make sure my taxes are up to date, make sure I have P&L statements to be able to reflect, make sure, make sure I'm processing payroll, right, paying my taxes, all these different steps to say, okay, now when I go back to the bank, and this is probably one of the best advice that I've received from C. Green is, hey, bro, leave your feelings in the car. Like, <laughs> a matter of fact, leave it in the back seat. You know, it's just, and and you have to do that because, again, your your vision you're passionate about, you're the typically, typically, and I, and I say this with businesses that will be sustainable and they will grow and have scale. If you're solving a problem, you got a valuable business. And so you're connected to the problem that you're solving. And sometimes anything that you feel like that may disrupt that, you like, hey, bro, come meet me in the bathroom. I don't know. I don't know how. <laughs> Look at my paperwork one more time, you know, and um, and it's similar. And I'm glad you, you use insurance as the example. We were just helping a client with some of their life insurance. And he said, man, what, why are they asking me all this? Why I got to do all that? I said, you want a million dollars of covers, right? Yes. Okay. As of right now, it's showing around $30-something a month. So, put yourself as the insurance company. All right. We are going to receive $30 a month. All right. If we don't ask the right questions to make sure he doesn't pass away 91 days from now, we didn't gave him 90 We didn't we didn't receive $90 and now we got to shut out 1 million. So, it's just you if the moment you put yourself in their shoes, you'll say, "Let me not take this personal. How are you making money?" How are they making money? And am I a viable candidate for that? And the moment you can take your feelings out of it, that's when you can start realizing really the responsibility um, that it's going to take. But also just as business owners, at the end of the day, you know, black owned businesses, white owned business, regardless, at the end of the day, you got to make sure you document. You got to make sure your paperwork is in point, because like you said, we're not going to fund what you see for the future. We're going to fund what you're able to display. Now, let me see your historical records. Let me see those previous statements to justify why I'm going to set aside $35,000. Now, those statements are going to dictate in your, because credit um, is an example of what you've been able to sacrifice in some form or fashion. Yeah. Um, 
there's folks that may say, man, I got $30,000 in credit cards. Well, you showed a level of discipline to be able to be approved for $30,000, one. But two, you have to make sure that in any type of situation you're looking to use someone else's money, all right? And my, my good people at the Denon Project, we talk about this. Hey, Jimmy come down the street and say, bro, let me borrow $500. And everybody know in the block, like, man, Jimmy ain't going to pay you back. You going to give Jimmy $500? Probably not. That was a risk assessment, right? And so... Um, I think it's, it's, it's good for us to acknowledge the factual experience that may have occurred in particular neighborhoods with especially black folks, but also acknowledge the opportunities that exist. Right. Like the, the opportunities are here. There is just two sides of the equation. There is a um, development and exposure and an incubation of the education in the um, uh, uh, how you need to prepare yourself to become bankable. And then they're the work to get it done. Right. And yeah. so what one group, they just haven't had that exposure, because if you want to become a business owner, nine times out of 10, you saw one within your household or you were able to be exposed to one. And so all of that is um, ex extremely important. Stay right there on risk assessment, you know, just a parallel between that life insurance policy and a loan application. Right. Right. Both of them are requiring someone else to fund. Yeah. the majority of the value, That's good. right? Yeah. Yeah. And so there are things that you don't even control about your own disposition as it relates to insurance yeah. that do factor into your risk rating. Is yeah. that correct? That is correct. Family history. You yeah. ain't got nothing to do with that. <laughs> Did somebody else die of this? Yeah. You ain't got nothing to do with that. Right. But those things do impact how you rate it and ultimately your pricing of approval or not. Right. Right. So, you know, it's, it's like banking is the only thing that's getting this high level of scrutiny when it comes to the disposition of money and how it how it right. comes about. Right. But everybody is evaluating risk. Right. Everybody, if somebody that you don't know or do know come up to you and ask you for five hundred dollars, you're going to start asking questions. <laughs> like literally. <laughs> and right. I, I can't tell you how many people that I'm on the phone for the first time with and mm -hmm. I start asking them questions and they're like, well, hold on. Why do you need to know all of that? Well, I really don't. <laughs> I really don't. But this was pertaining to what you called me about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in order for us to figure out what you have or don't have or for me to advise you on the best way to get it done, right? this is very relevant information. Right, right. So be willing to share information and be open. Right. Don't be scared that somebody going to take your dream. Like the bank are not looking to take your dream. We already know it's a risk to be an entrepreneur. That's why I'm on this side of the deal. <laughs> That's why I say I salute yeah. entrepreneurs. I really do and appreciate the value and the grit and the dedication it takes to be one. Right. right. Like that's impact. That, yeah. That's game changing. Right. right. But what we have now is everybody coming out of school is going to be an entrepreneur. Yep. yep. And that's without track record. That's exactly right. Yep. And you in the industry. And this one thing we do need to talk about, Coop, or at least understand that some of the businesses that we're trying to replicate that we see all up and down in our community are not necessarily high on the bank lending list. Mm. Restaurants, we ain't really got nothing on it unless you're a franchise. Mm. You know, barbershops, beauty shops, nail shops, that kind of stuff. Like, it's hard to get a loan. Those are, I go to the barbershop. Right, right. You right, know, right. I, yeah. I, I, I spend good money there. Yep, yep. No, but I understand from a banking standpoint, the bank really is not that comfortable with that industry. So when yeah. somebody comes to me, I'm trying to give them a big picture view of these are the things that matter. Like right. I said, with family history, it's not necessarily about your beauty shop. Mm. But the history of the industry is impacting the bank's decision on you. That's good. That's good. And that's a very similar to the insurance industry. 
they are going to base the price of your insurance based off of individuals that work in your industry. Oh, you're in aviation? Well, there's a certain rate you receive. Oh, you're in this? Because historically, this group has caused us more problems. And so that's why we, and so I think is I think that is good because when we think about startups or those that are, man, I'm going to start me a business. A majority of the successful startups that we see, they were able to get their resources and it didn't start at the bank. No. It started with their family members, relationships. So keep in mind, as you, you want to hold the door for buddy back there, like, hey, you you better start being a good person because if if you have aspirations to be able to, you know, you say, look, I got the best lasagna in the whole state of Alabama. Hey, keep cooking, right? But just know that there is going to be a journey that is going to require you to resource yourself before you can start leveraging someone else's resources. Hall of Famer Deion Sanders says, if you look good, you play good. Here at The Planning Podcast, we believe that proper money management is important. And we also know that being financially fit represents the way in which you live. Now, just by listening to this podcast, you are part of the movement. And one of the most critical aspects of this is the way in which we spell planning. The A is replaced with the delta sign. And those that are familiar with mathematics, delta represents change. A very consistent theme that we noticed that regardless of the objective, big or small, if you want any change to occur for the better, you're going to have to start planning. Be sure to check out our merchandise at www.stayplanning.com. S-T-A-Y-P-L-A-N-N-I-N-G. We'll see you there. So I, I do want to transition to your point in regards of what are bankable industries, right? There are those that say, yo, man, you seen that T-shirt I put together? I don't know if that's something that you may want to jump out and say, look, look at my design. You know, can you fund me getting X amount of shirts? I need to be a little bit more organic. So what, what are some industries in which banks think favorably of? Um, and then, you know, are there any particular situations you can speak to that may say, hey, if you're a business owner, if you're an existing business owner and you've been able to reflect some momentum in your business and you're in this industry, you may want to think about these type of products. Yeah, you know, that's a great question. Overall, I say this, uh, the professional services industry, lawyers, doctors, dentists, accountants, those things are easy um, for banks to deal with because they have a strong track record uh, with banking. You know, we also have some you know, what you would call, uh, how can I say it, uh, you know, uh, certain types of industries within uh, steel or mm. within, uh, you know, iron or, you know, if you are conduing or electricity, like right, there right. are some different sub, some companies that you would never even know existed. Let me mm. say that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I, I don't want to kind of just name, name, name. Right, right, right. I also want to say this. If you are a strong business, regardless of what you do. If you have the tax returns, if you have the documents, if you can prove the income and the low debt and all the things that it requires, please believe me, it's not this linear path to lending. If you just if you've gotten a mortgage, you know, <laughs> it's not this linear straight line to lending. And so there are different factors that factor in. But if you are a strong client, deposits, credit score, credit history, then the bank will try to figure out how to lend you money. Right. Right. So, you know, it, I, it, you could be a restaurant and get a loan. Yeah. 
but don't start a restaurant needing a loan. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's good. That's yeah. that's the difference yeah. is, you know, at what point you got to understand your season. Yeah. Everything is about season. So are you in the season of being able to obtain extra funding mm. or are you still trying to figure it out? Right. Like if I'm trying to figure out how to drive an airplane, Coop ain't going to ride with me. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hey man, figure it out. That's right. Get you a few reps. That's right. You know, flight charts, some documents that show you did it, right? Right, right. Then come see me. Right. I might rock with you. Right, right. But you're not going to just start off like, see, Green, I trust you. Right. It ain't about me. It's about me flying this plane now. Right, right. Right. So just think about it like that. You know, if you are a strong caliber client, if you have the things, and I'll be more than happy to get into details, but just the packaging. Yeah. Then present it, you know, come to the bank and let's talk through it because there are different levels. You got SBA lending, you got certain types of products that are score only, you got credit cards, you got all kinds of different products that can fill the need. Mm-hmm. You just we just have to understand what the need is. Yeah. And are you ready to receive money? Right. And I also say this. I always talk to people up front about is this a side hustle or is this a business? Yeah. And you need to know that. If you just want to make money, get your side hustle. You can make all the money you want. Right. You ain't got to tell nobody about it. <laughs> just don't come to the bank right. as trying to get money. Mm. So you can make money and not get money. Right. When right. it's time to get money, you got to show that you got money. <laughs> That's a bar. <laughs> so tell us, this is, um, as you can see, hopefully the one of the takeaways is it is extremely important that you have a relationship with the banker. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, Stay right there, Coop. Yeah. Let's let's define relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Can I do that? Yes, you can. All right. Yep. Because I parked my car out front of your building here. Mm-hmm. Does that make us having a relationship? Ah, uh, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Yeah, I'm just yeah. using your parking spot. Yeah. Dropping off, I'm leaving. Right. But right. I hadn't come in here to meet you, tell you who I am, right, what right, I need, right. what you got for me, or none right, of that stuff. Right, right. So people always say, well, I got a relationship there. I was like, well, who is your banker? Mm-hmm. I sit in front of people all the time. Hey, call your banker. I don't have one. Well, see. <laughs> Banks, look, the onus is not just on the client. Yeah. Let me say this banking has shifted even since I've been in it. This whole digital revolution, I'm sure your listeners know that the experience in banks has changed over time. So now it's even more important that you do have some type of personal connection, which will require you to actually go into a bank and sit down and talk to somebody and walk it out. The plan, so we're talking to everybody that can't help us. (laughs) And they're giving us a lot of they say. And you walk in the bank packed in with they say, you're going to leave disappointed. Yeah. The best thing to do is align with that bank on the front end. Mm-hmm. And I tell everybody this, you don't have to have an account with Regis or whoever I work for. Right. For you to be in relationship with Corey Green. Right. Because right. I'm a banker. Right. By trade. Mm-hmm. And what I try to offer is advice on banking. Yeah. As an industry. Mm-hmm. As the things that I've been able to experience and witness and learn and grow through my clients. Right. Right. I'm learning from my clients. That's strong. I yep. wanted to do everything that my clients asked me to do. Right. Straight up. Yep. I want to do it. Yeah. But then I learn how it's supposed to work and how it gets done. Mm. And mm. I give them that information. Yeah. And so now I'm trying to do it on the front end. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Right. Well, you know you need this, this, and that. Right. Right? Mm. So you could just have a baby. That's fine. <laughs> Put it in the corner. 
or you can prepare for that. Yeah. Either way, the baby can exist. Right. Right. Yep. But the experience, mm. the enrichment of it, the development mm. of it, right. will be really impacted by whether you plan for it or not. Yeah. So yeah. all I'm saying is you have to plan for these things, and really that planning starts with a conversation with a banker. Yeah. Yep. And then you start taking the necessary steps. And the last thing I'll say is bank is banks change. Banking changes seems like every year. So you always want to be up to speed on the latest changes of banking. Yeah. Because they will impact you. Yeah. Yep. They will impact you. Got that right. And and that's again where that relationship sits. But again, don't sit back waiting on the bank to call you. Please go get what you need. Go in there understanding what you're trying to accomplish and be willing to listen to how you get that done. You're not going to tell the bank to do it your way and we're just going to do it. So just understand what it takes to get it done. Yep. And that way we eliminate a lot of this kind of confusion because the more people we have that are going through that process, the more they can share in the community the real process. Right. The more right. people are aligned with the real process, the more these loans going to get processed. Yeah. 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 I told you the bank got money in the closet. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, we just don't have nobody to lend it to. Mm. They got to qualify. We just yeah. can't give it. Right. 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 There's a difference between a grant and a loan. <laughs> uh, those that uh, applied for the uh, EIDL figure that out real quick. <laughs> Hey, brother, you know, that was a very, listen, that's a very serious thing. As a yeah. banker, you know, that was probably the longest and hardest I've worked in my career. Wow. Um, people don't understand all the nuances that went along with the government rolling out a program verbally. Ooh, let, uh, so we're going we definitely going to talk <laughs> okay, about okay, that. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, so okay. that, so, and, and, and ultimately what we're going to talk about is how the pandemic impacted the banking industry and then you can speak to the sure. ppp and the eidl one thing i wanted to highlight and this is where i saw the relationship um uh having a relationship with the banker specifically um og triple ogc green so we had a situation i had a situation with my business account to where it was about i think it was like a thousand dollars came out back to back I was in Destin, Florida. I think it was Thanksgiving or it was a holiday. <laughs> yeah, I knew it was a holiday. And I see like, oh, hey, 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 hold on. I ain't down there. It was somewhere in Jacksonville. It was Saturday. So I'm like, hold on. What's going on here? This is this is not good. It's Saturday. I think it was like Christmas Eve. It was some. It was a it was a holiday. And I call C Green. And it's a holiday. Cool, what up? You know. <laughs> I said nine one one, bro. Nine one one. And I told him the issue in regards of the the money not being there. He said, "Okay, look, there's a number on the back of your card. You're gonna call that number. They're gonna transfer you to this. You may be on hold for a certain amount of time." He told me everything I was gonna experience, even though I was on hold for forty something minutes. I knew at the end of the day, once I filed my claim and I said what I said, what I needed to share with the agent or the individual. I was going to get my money back. So finishing that, fin finishing up that phone call and being able to continue my time without the worry of the end result, because he could speak to that experience, gone through it with other clients. It's good that I could call someone on a Saturday and not call that number directly and not know what the end result was going to be, be on hold for 35 minutes, get upset, hang up. And now it's a, it's a 
domino effect and it's snowballing. And so it, it's always good. And we share with our clients. All right. Yeah, you got a relationship with. The, uh, can you text them? You ain't got no relationship at the bank, right? And so now I'm pretty sure all bankers don't want you texting them all the right, time, you know. So I, I do respect that. Um, but it is good to put a face with a name that, and I, what I appreciated about C. Green is that he will give me the perspective of banks, not a bank. And that will help guide your um, um, your decisions there. So one of the hot topics <laughs> What's up with that PPP, baby? Uh, you got any more of them EIDLs? So since the pandemic, we all know that it has had a um, uh, ubiquitous, got to use a $500 word. Yeah, $500, throw that one out there. It's had a ubiquitous impact across the globe for households and businesses, and specifically around businesses. This is one of the indicators if you want to know who the government prioritizes, see where they deliver the resources in the midst of a chaotic environment right. or in the midst of a crisis. And it was for business owners because of the really furthering of the impact of retaining employees and then what those employees can do for the local economy. So being a business owner does come with some benefits. You just got to know the rules to the game right. so you can leverage it. So from that, there was two ways in which you could get funding um, there were PPP, Paycheck Protection Program, and EIDL, I believe it was the Economic Injury Disaster Loan, right? Um, and it was all of a sudden. Yeah. Everybody had to figure that out, like, okay, there's some money, I need money, what I need to do. But n folks may not necessarily understand how the banks were caught off guard with this as well. Because if you just see the money's available, you're like, hey, y'all know what to do, huh? Here go my application. Tell us more from your experience on the rollout of the paycheck protection program shout out to everybody that filled out their prop their paperwork the right way right. um and then make sure you holler back at the bank if you did receive money for forgiveness Please. um uh tell us from your experience just the way that rollout came about and how the banks had to react to it well I, let me let me paint a little picture for yes sir imagination yep some that impacted everybody yeah yeah pandemic also had um, uh, health consequences and everybody was on pins and needles about a vaccine mm. and I, I'm not speaking on what you believe about the vaccine please don't go there with me but if the government announced on the news Thursday morning hey tomorrow morning vaccines are going to be available at your local CVS mm. well CVS like what? <laughs> They what? Right. Right. That's right. how banks feel. Wow. Mm. And you can imagine people showing up. Hey, yeah. I know it's in there. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, and I know you too. I, I come here every week. I should be, I'm first, right? Wow. So just imagine the the thrust of folks. Mm. Because listen, that 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 is a very serious thing. Yeah. The reason those resources were allocated to business owners because every other element of our economy depends on that. That's a fact. So yep. if we let the business and the business owners go down, then every other industry will go down with it. Yeah. Yeah. It was a very serious thing. And banks didn't know what to do as far as the government was concerned. So the yep. SBA, the federal government, yep. Yep. were giving us instructions as to how to allocate these funds. It was not on your bank to determine how to do this. Mm. To, uh, reiterate, it was not on the bank no. to determine, because there's some folks that, man, that bank, now I'm going to apply through. It was not on the it bank. It was not on the bank. Okay. 
certain banks chose not to participate, mm. even some a large one that mm. a lot of people bank with because they didn't want to get caught in the vapors of it. Yeah. People blaming them for something they didn't have any control over. Right, right, right. right. Fortunately, the bank that I worked for felt like, hey, it's important enough to the community. We need to do this for our folks. We're going to figure it out with them. Right. Shout out regions. But the grace wasn't there. Right. Because of you're in a situation and you heard something on the news about something being there. So the rollout looked like it was very chaotic. Mm. People had, we had to even figure out how to let people apply for this loan without it impacting everything else they have with the bank. Mm. Think about the separate system that you had mm. to create overnight and the portal that we had to roll out for folks to even apply through because we weren't in person. Right, right. Everything was on digital. Right. So we had to build out a whole platform and this wasn't something that people had the luxury of planning for. Yeah. Right? Yep. We heard yep. on Monday, oh, it'll be all right. Yeah. Wednesday, y'all go home, we'll holler at you. Right. Then it's like, hey, y'all ain't never coming back. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Nobody knew. Right, right. So everything, you think about all the confusion in the overall environment that was happening, mm -hmm. and then now you're talking about money and people's livelihoods yep. and them needing funds because yep. their businesses were closed. Yep. So I understand what was coming towards us. Right. What was coming towards us didn't understand what they were walking to. Yeah. So there was no process in place when they announced that. Yeah. Banks were working day and night. We like I said, Coop, I have never worked that long and hard in banking, touching right. clients all over our footprint, trying to get them processed. Right, right. And people that know me were calling me like, hey man, I need to be at the front of the line. Mm. I ain't no front of the line, bro. Yeah. Yeah. This is not a privilege item. So yeah. let's take privilege off the table. Mm. Mm. That hurt a lot of privileged folks' feelings, to be quite frank. They couldn't yeah. believe that they privileged wasn't in, in this process. <laughs> but the government was like, no, this is how we're going to roll it out to everybody. Right, right. These are the things that you need to qualify for, which goes back to documentation. Yep. A lot of the pain that people weren't able to get this money was because of a lack of documentation. That's why it's great to be ready and stay yep. ready. Yep, yep. And document what you say you're doing. Yep. In a situation like that, this is literally free money. It is. You will never see that again. Yep. yep. Banks don't operate like that. We mm. were, we were. It was a culture shock to us to figure it for how it was processed. Right. Like what? Just based on that? <laughs> this y'all money, right? Yes. <laughs> this how it. And so, right. and not only that, coop, it changed almost hourly. Mm. So we are constantly getting updates. From our legal department and our processors as to, hey, this change just came from the SBA. Yep. So trying to communicate that real time to a customer who right. is already, right. ain't, you know. They on 10. On 10. Yep. And understandably so. Yep. I am not blaming not one customer for how you feel or felt about that. But there is information that you did not have. Yeah. And the banks did not have a lot of information as this thing was even being rolled out. Right, right. And so right. it was very clunky. It was yeah. very clunky. It was very inconsistent. The, the systems were crashing because of the amount of volume that was coming in. Yeah. So you put all of that in the ball, right? Mm. And that was just the money piece of it. Think about what uh, what what all these owners and people were dealing with. Not yeah. just the money, but that was the money piece. Right, of it. right, right. So right. I just want to say I, I salute all of my colleagues that are in banking that made it through that and helped as That's many crazy. clients as you can. I salute the federal government for stepping up and really allowing us to help and serve in that capacity. But they really outsourced that through the banks. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. the banks were really not a real 
factor into who got the money and how. And banks had to determine, are we going to do this for our clients or all clients? Yeah. That's it. So that's, that's where that relationship ooh. piece, or at least having a deposit account, at least right. parking there a couple right. of times. Right, 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 right. That was That's where that came into a play. Right, right, right. So you never know what's around the corner. Yeah, that's right. And again, there was no heads up about it. We made a lot of kind of on the spot adjustments through this process, but it was never perfectly laid out. Yeah. And as a business owner, you got to know that yourself. That's how your road has gone a good bit. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I had a yeah, plan. Yeah. I had a thought, but it, it took this turn. <laughs> you got to be willing and ready to adjust on the fly. So again, Coop, that was a big deal. I hope we never go through that. Anything yeah. like that again. Right. But let me close it out by saying this. I've heard a lot of people have comments about who got the money. Mm. Thank you. X, Y, Z. You know, this was the filter. This was the process. Man, I processed myself over two or 300 loans. Okay, yeah. And looking at everybody's package. Right. And we got varying degrees of paperwork. Mm-hmm. Some CPA compiled and some people were trying to send receipts. Mm. And the ones that sent receipts, we had to put a pause on it because we just, we chopping it up. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. So then we had to go back and revisit and call them and say, hey, this is what's missing. Yeah. Right? So, again, a lot of that is, do we have good data for you? Yeah. Can we reach you? Right. Do you have good data for yourself? Right. Can you send it? And right. there was no filter on a black business or a white business or an uh, Asian business or a Hispanic business or a nonprofit or a for-profit. It was all literally about when did their application get in? Yep. They're in queue. Mm-hmm. What documents do they have to review mm-hmm. once they review we weren't underwriting them we were just making sure they had them yeah so we weren't even decision in loans banks didn't decision these loans we didn't approve not one loan we just packaged it for the sba and sent it off that's <laughs> point of clarification we did not decision not one loan mm. every decision about ppp Approved, denied, rollout, etc., right. was coming directly from the federal government via, via the SBA. They had full and complete control of that. Mm. And their criteria allow a $10 million company to get them a PPP loan. Yeah. Just like it allow a $10 company to get one if you had your documents. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. really, it was about where you fell in line once you submitted your application. Right. And then how long it took to navigate that. Right. And then getting it to the SBA. All banks are sending our loans to the same place. Yeah. Yeah. And they didn't have the staff to do it. <laughs> so you're talking about technology and right. bots and all this right. kind of stuff. Right. It wasn't no feelings in these decisions, bro. Mm. Mm. It was no feelings in the decision making. Nobody called me like, hey, man, who is that company? We call it. <laughs> Nobody said that. We just reviewed the information that was provided to us mm-hmm. and sent it on. Yeah. And we tried to guide the clients as best as we understood. This guidance that was constantly changing. You go out there now, you're going to see about 18 versions of what they were doing. That's a, yep, yep. So you need, you know, it was on the client to figure that out because we couldn't advise you of should you apply or not. Yeah. That's based on your own situation. We're right. just middlemen. Right. So the bank does not have a perspective on this. Mm. And the final thing I'll say is for those that got the money, you better apply for forgiveness before your notice due if you can. Because you're going to get auto-debited. 
because that loan that could be grant has now turned into a loan. Mm -hmm. And the difference between a grant and a loan is somebody got to pay it back. That's right. <laughs> and they already got your bank. They already account. got it because we put the money in that account. <laughs> That's right. That's why banks only want to deal with their clients because this part of it. Right, 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 right. So please don't sleep on the fact that, oh, I got the money is sitting in an account. It's all good because, again, that money had a time frame on it, as we all know. Mm -hmm. And please do yourself a favor and apply for forgiveness. Don't stall because a bank, all our bank is working with clients to say, hey, you submitted your application, but these things are missing. We're trying to make sure we get it 100% forgiven because guess what? That's our money. Yeah, come on now. Now, it was the SBAs, uh, you know, fronting, right. fronting y'all money, basically. Right, right, right. So, Reeves is trying to make sure, all these banks trying to make sure that, hey, we got a 100% forgivable app because we don't, A, want a note with our client. Yep. And, B, we didn't underwrite this loan. Right. That means we got to go after something we really didn't even approve. We didn't even approve. Yep. yep. Had we approved it, we'd have had a higher interest rate on yeah. it. <laughs> That's it. Told you banks in the for-profit business. <laughs> That's right. So all I'm, you know, I just want your listener and every listener to yeah. know that there is no secret agenda anymore. Now every every system has cultures that are in it. That's good. Yeah. So I'm not even excusing the fact that you may have had a negative experience based on the culture of an institution. Yes. I've certainly had them as yep. an employee sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So I I'm not even dealing with that. What I am saying is the banks want to need to have to and they're trying to figure out actively how to lend money. And the biggest stumping factor is the qualifications that are there now. Yep. And I spoke on it on the beginning. Yep. We have to at least, and in my opinion, if banks want to really get it out there, change the way we are evaluating loans. Mm. But if that does not happen, please understand that banks will lend you money if you qualify and they will happily do it. And they're going to tell everybody, hey, we lent them money. Yeah. I got good black clients that got good loans with us. <laughs> I'm for real like that. Yeah. There's some tough people out there, right, man. Right, And they don't right. have no problem getting money. Right, right, right. See, so <laughs> major takeaway is it's possible. Another major takeaway is <laughs> stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Because like you said, the PPP and the EIDL, those that were able to receive it, they were already ready. They already had those documents in place or they had a system in place or a process in place. And so I think that there's this value add, especially for all business owners, entrepreneurs to be able to diversify the professionals around you. Banking, right? Real estate, whenever you may want to acquire property at some point, have some type of financial consultant, financial planner to be able to speak to. All right, now you're making money. Let's find the best way and working with the account. Let's find the best way to keep as much as possible in a tax efficient way. Let's start leveraging some of these deposits. All right, you're two, three years into the business. All right, you have aspirations to grow. Well, we may be able to finance a, a, a position. If we can, there's just so many creative ways in which you could think about your business as long as you have the proper documentation. To your point, you you brought up something that triggered something really quickly. It's not just about making money in the business. It's retaining the earnings. Yeah. Yep. What I do see a lot for companies that have made good money is the owners have drained out through distributions all the funds. Yep. So just say your company made 500000 And let's say you, you netted two fifty. And then you you had a distribution of two fifty. Man, what you got in the business? Ain't nothing to show. And now you want the bank to just do a loan based on your business. It's like it's skinny over there. Yeah, <laughs> we 
see that it, it has money or it right. had money. Where right. is it? Right. And this right. goes back to transparency. If you got that sitting in your personal account, show it. Mm-hmm. We're not calling Uncle Sam on you. Mm-hmm. That's what everybody think. Like, yeah. the bank going to get it. Like, ooh. <laughs> I can't wait to tell. Right. Right. Like, we don't care. Right. I don't care. The right. bank don't care. Right. Whatever you have told Uncle Sam is what he's going to tell us. Yeah. So please understand this. That's why I said you can either just be interested in making money. You don't have to pay no cost to be no boss. You don't have to set up LLC. You don't have to pay no taxes, the insurance, and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. that go along with paying the cost to be the boss. Right, but right. But you also cannot come to a bank and borrow money for that thing that you that is a side hustle. Yeah. So you need to understand that and, and please figure out a way to retain some earnings within your business so that your business can show healthy enough to, to borrow money. And the, yeah. finally, I'll say this. You are your business. Mm. You are your business. I don't care about no tax ID. It ain't on me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, I boy. got a tax ID. What y'all need my personal for? Oh yeah, talk to him. See, that's it. So if we take you out of this whole scenario. What the business got left? Yeah, a tax ID. That's about it. Uh huh. So that don't work. That ain't worth nothing. Yeah. Oh, I, and I was. We got one question that we usually ask every guest, but I got to touch on this real quick. Yeah, Isaac, I don't need to worry about my personal credit. I'm about to build business credit. So there has been a ton of misinformation on the role your personal credit plays in your business operations, in your journey to build business credit. Could you just quickly touch on just that in itself? Your personal situation is the basis of your business. And I have yet to see somebody who has a successful, thriving business not have their personal situation A1. Yeah. Meaning successful, thriving by bank bank products, receivables, payables, processes, people, etc. So again, there is no separation. We got forty million dollar companies where the owner has to submit personal financials, mm-hmm. personal tax returns, mm-hmm. personal guarantee the debt, mm-hmm. and they know that. Yeah. But you coming up after three years, <laughs> and somebody told you to get you a trade line. And we're going to run up your DMB score, and now you can go to the bank and get a loan with a 430. <laughs> you know what 430 is? Decline. About to say, sound like cocktail hour. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Your personal credit score is a part of the evaluation. Like I said earlier, there is no linear line to approve loan. The bank evaluating every element of this deal because they're trying to identify how much risk is here. Mm. We're not even looking for the reward yet. We're just looking at where the risk at. And if if a bank sees that your personal credit has been shot to an athlete, that's what you put on film. Mm. The film don't... Don't lie. Okay. Mm. So you Mm. may have Mm. a lie about the film. Yeah. (laughs) You may have a good story, Coach. I blew it because they called my name in the stand. Right. (laughs) But the film saying you missed the assignment. Yep. Yep. Right? Yep. So that's what I try to tell people. That is your track record that banks and everybody else is looking at to see who are you and what have you done with other folks money in the past Mm. and if you have abused that and not stood up for your word there it's going to impact you and i'm listen i had bad credit i found out the hard way i had bad credit in front of some friends (laughs) mine was in front of my wife now Hey, look, I had a uh, 1999 Cadillac. We were going to, uh, actually going to an Ole Miss game. Shout out my dog D-Cub at the time. And I said, all right, let me go and get an oil change. Went in and get an oil change. 
And um, I came back. They were like, uh, no, sir, your car is totaled. I said, no, 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 no. I came here for an oil change. Like, you know, I should be ready to go. I got a meeting to get to. They said, no, you some something was blown. And they were like, you know, the type of vehicle it is, it takes a special type of equipment to fix it, right? Because of the year. And, and he said, there's no folks in the Birmingham area. So I was like, man, I didn't have any student loans. And I've been so like, yeah, I, well, I got good credit because I ain't got no debt. You know, just, just not knowing, right? That's Financial knowing. illiteracy. That's right. And fast forward, I'm my wife now, Deesh can speak to this. We went to America's First Credit Union and I'm talking cash money. Like, yeah, girl, I know finance. What you mean? I ain't got no debt. Hey, what you trying to get? You know, yeah, yeah, we're gonna get whatever. Get in there, sit down, fill out the application, put so when you put that social on there, it's that's what it's hey, that's, that's when it's getting real. And then next thing you know, they walk out. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. They come back. When they started off with, all right, so Mr. Cooper, um, hold on. Yeah. Well, the issue is, is that it's not that you have bad credit. It's that you have no credit. And that's actually worse, worse. than bad credit. Yeah. And it was at that time I realized that I needed to display a habit of being a trustworthy, financially uh, um, solvent individual in the game of credit from on-time payments to secure credit. So you learn more about the algorithm, the equation to go. get to the 700 credit score and not get upset with the result of not knowing the information. That's a good point. And so I did have to get out my feelings. Like I had to get out of my feelings because like you said, man, this was in front of people too. Like, <laughs> oh, buddy, hey, email me afterwards. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like being at the register and say, your card declined. You better whisper that yeah, next yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> Right. So I, I think um, to your point, and I and I appreciate you sharing just the um, the information. Be mindful of who you're gathering information from. Yeah. Be mindful. Even if you watch a YouTube video, something that it seems very informative, they don't know your situation. They are speaking broadly. Right. So your situation may be totally different. And I think it double downs on the importance of having access to professionals or at least. Uh, be a bit more discerning on who you are receiving information from, especially if they didn't go through the experience you're talking through or if they can't speak to it in a way in which they have some type of training that could let me, do that let me, as well. Let me, you know, Coop, this is a very sensitive topic for me because I feel like a myth buster most of my initial conversations. Yeah, yeah. And it's unfortunate the folks that they're getting the information from, right? Yep. And, yep. and so you got people that are promising you this or that you know, establishing trade lines is fine, but the bank ain't going to make a decision off your DMV score. Right. <laughs> your personal credit score has a lot more to do with your ability to get a loan than that does. Yeah. Now, it's all factored in, but there are certain things are, that are a bigger reflection of how you operate. And you can't trick the bank with new credit. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> now, I had a 430 yesterday. And today I got a 740. <laughs> the bank can see the whole situation, man. Mm. And they're going to, you know, they can see where it was a 430 yesterday. And all of a sudden it's a 740. Tell us how. <laughs> right? Like, yep. Yep. It's, it's only one way to get there. And that's to walk it out. Yep. So when I found out I had bad credit, I had to make a phone call back then. It wasn't no middleman. Yeah. I had to call them directly. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, this is what we got going on. What y'all yeah. need? Right, 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 right. 
And I'll say this, back then, Coop, I'm a little older than you, so I graduated from college. They had the little books in the uh, grocery store with all the autos. Yeah. So me and my partner, we were sitting there looking, and we found us a car. Right? Right, right. Mind what you got. Yeah. Right? We called them. We put on our stuff. Our, mm-hmm. our, we dressed up. Yeah. And we went out there. Right. These jokers ran our credit at the same time. We sat here like this. We <laughs> take both of our applications. We're not no couple, man. Right, right, right. You don't even right. know my stuff, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> but that's how they do you when you don't know. Right. Yep. Especially yep. if they don't care. Right. That car dealership, they ain't yeah. Yeah, they have yeah. nothing on it, man. Yeah. So that's the first thing they want to do is see what you're working with. Who am I talking to? Yep. No different than the bank gonna do. Yep. Who, okay, who am I talking to? Right. What do right. you qualify for? Right. And he came back out like, ah, little buddy, you can't get that car. Mm. And it wasn't even no expensive car, cool. Right. You know, right. I'm like, man, I tried to, I tried to <laughs> yeah. what I can do. Yeah. <laughs> And all that to be said, it was a very eye-opening moment. Now, yeah. that situation didn't deter me from getting a car because you can get a car. Yeah, come on now. So, I got a car and didn't think I had a problem. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know? Oh, that's good. <laughs> I didn't know I had a problem because I got the car. That's right. That's so right. So, now it's later. I'm in the financial services industry and me and my partners at this table, we're going to buy an investment property. And we got all the way through the process and we at this closing table and buddy's like, we can't do the deal. Mm. And we all looking like, what? And he pointed to me. Mm. Only one that was in finance. Mm. You got bad credit. So that's how I found out. And then you fast forward, you do the steps a couple of years later. Now I got good credit mm-hmm. intentionally. Mm-hmm. And me and my wife were going to Atlanta. And I got on sweatpants and a little joggers and some J's. Yeah, yeah. And we stopped by Tom Williams at the time. Mm-hmm. And dude come out and he's like, what can I do for y'all? You know, he side-eyed me because right. I was looking 12 and some J. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and long story short, y'all, they got us in the office, did the same thing. Let's see what you're working with. He uh-huh. said, that car? I said, yeah, that car. He's like, that car? Like, yeah, that car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and anyway, he came. He, he didn't say nothing. He, nothing you know, he, he, he did this. We filled it out. He got up and walked off. And when he came back, to your point, mm. the disposition was different. Mm. Uh Excuse me, Mr. and Mrs. Green. Uh-oh. I'm sorry. I didn't offer you guys any coffee, <laughs> any water. Are y'all comfortable? Like, my experience changed in the moment. Wow. Yeah. Not my color, not my dress, not anything about me other than he saw my credit score. That's strong. So, y'all, look, I could have been offended with that change, but it showed me a little bit more information. Right. Right? Right, right, right. So, right then, it let me know, okay, it don't matter how you feel about me. It's really about that information you that's see. It. That's it. So take that to the bank. That right. don't matter how they feel about you. Yeah, that's good. And that's you good. be their favorite customer. They give you all the suckers. Hey, yeah. Everybody <laughs> do that every time you come in. <laughs> they love you. Yeah. <laughs> but you apply for that loan, it's going to be about that information. Yeah. So yeah. please understand that. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. This is, this is as y'all can tell, this is a fruitful, fruitful, fruitful conversation. So many takeaways Hopefully you share this with your, your, your colleagues, your, your family members, even if it's just a tidbit, because this is this is it. You know, when we think about the role money plays in our lives, there's not a situation where money is not involved right. indirectly or directly. And so it is very important that we can extract these situations. Also, you know, look at situations where you say, OK, I, that, I had a similar situation, but they kept going. Right. There was a moment of, hey, my credit, I didn't know it got down to the foes. Last picture I saw I went down to like five ten. <laughs> you know. All right, I see what's going on. It took all right, three months, six months, nine months. Now it's two okay, three years. I see some momentum. And I'll and I'll quickly say this and then I'm gonna get to our question we asked all of our guests. 
if you are looking to become a business owner and you need to work on your credit, the last thing you need to do is uh, develop an environment or create an environment where you have unexpected income. Because the only way to you'll be able to address your credit is having something that you can forecast with, mm -hmm. right? So don't say, yeah, I'm going to start this business. Now your credit is going to play a role. So leverage that W-2 income as long as possible. Get your credit up, get your savings up, and then transitioning into that entrepreneurial uh, type activity, hopefully with the business plan and a strategy, and you shared it with your you know, your friends and family. So I did want to at least tie that Add in. one thing to that, because Coop, what I see is people do that, and now they're ready to transition, and they come to a bank for a loan oh, and say, I'm about to leave yeah. the thing that has been producing my income to go do something that I hope to make money off of, and I need y'all to fund that based off what I'm leaving. Ooh. And we're like, hey, man, you're about to leave your money. Uh, we don't like that. Hey, that we can't forecast off. You know, so again, think about sequence. Yes, that's good. That transition, I said the ones that are able to transition, not just turn some off and turn some on. You got to have a transitional item to a business ownership. Yep. Or you got a lot of cash and you don't need none of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. great. That's good. That's good. Sequence is extremely important. Extremely important. And <laughs> Yeah, I'm, yeah. As soon as I leave my job, I'm you know apply for a house. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> you don't do that. All right. So uh, for those that follow the planning podcast, you know that we are very intentional on how we spell planning. So uh, we replace the A P L, replace the A, and we put a delta sign. And so if you're familiar with mathematics. Uh, Delta represents change and a lot of what we talked about today, which I appreciate just organically happening We talked about how change is essentially inevitable and we know that with any type of Transformation someone is looking to occur the foundation of that is through planning, mm -hmm. right? So if you want transformative change planning represents that can you give us an example? Um, and I think we've heard a number thus far, but can you give us an example on how being able to and I'm a and I'm a uh, shout out the script Habakkuk two two being able to just write down the vision being able to plan a bit that led into a success of you know an event or an whatever it may be where planning yielded the result that you intended uh, for it to have. Well, I got a I got a recent thing that I'm planning, and yeah. just even along the ways of the planning, the steps are being ordered. So I was telling you that uh, working on the project, um, a podcast. Right, right. Uh, conversations with Ken Folk. That's yeah. conversation with the K <laughs> with Ken Folk. Ken Folk. And, you know, I am not even a social media guy, right? You right, know that. Right, right, you know, right. Y'all going to find out if you try to look me up or whatnot. <laughs> uh, but you can't find that on Facebook and Twitter. And, and what we're doing is we're, we have been planning this along the way. And through those planning steps, Coop, it's been revelation gained. Because now we got to account for things in process. Yeah, yeah. So it went from yeah. an idea, oh, yeah. that sounds good, yeah. to now having a meeting and saying, oh, y'all need this, this, or that. Yeah. And then finding out how to do this or that. Right, right, right. And right. especially in the lane that none of us were, you know, adapt to. Right, right. And you see immediate results of knowledge gained. Mm. Right? And so that's one example of that's coming soon, but we're seeing fruit of it now. We're seeing how that planning stage right. has produced uh, open doors, mm. ex you know, wisdom and execution on things that we really didn't have a clue about. Mm. So writing mm. it down and having a unity of thought, if mm. you will, a consistent, accountable process. Yeah. So accountability, a lack of accountability produces no growth. Mm. 
So a plan does have accountability in it. That's a fact. Yeah, that's right? good. That's good. So if you don't understand the nuances of your plan, make it plain. Yeah. Then the plan ain't no good. And sometimes we do things so juiced up right, that right. we're missing the basics of it. Right, right. So, you know, not only that, me and my wife went from a starter home into building a house. Right. And I think I told you about it, man. <laughs> so I worked for a bank at the time that was doing my mortgage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had a mortgage on the house that we were living in. And now we're going into a building project. But prior to that, we had to align in planning, meaning yeah. reduce some expenses, yeah. increase our savings, knock out these items, because I knew as a banker yeah. that my debt to income would impact my ability to carry this while I needed to mm. and get that going right. when I want to. Yeah. So yeah. aligning all of these external factors that would have affected my ability to move forward, our ability to move forward on that house mm-hmm. and getting it built. Mm-hmm. Had we not planned and executed and stayed consistent with that, there is no way, even as a banker, I know that I could have been approved to take on a building of a house along with the debt that I currently had and still had all these other outstanding items and spending money like I ain't got nothing going on. Man, man, man. Because guess what they want to see? Your savings account. That's right. <laughs> how long it's been there. And if you know that, that's you could be a lot more intentional eight months right. out, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's that's hard right. the day before and they call you like, hey, man, I need to see your bank statement. Right. Yeah, oh. the last six months. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, oh. this month look good. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, what you looking for? That's right. Yeah, let's talk about that, that's right? right? So planning, Coop. Planning. Yeah. Planning. I love the story of Joseph in the Bible, Abraham's great-grandson. And his daddy made him the coat. The mm-hmm. brothers hated on him, sent him through slavery. Right, he ended right. up in Egypt, right? Right, right, right. And then he had a gift. A lot of business owners have a gift. That's a fact. Right? Yeah. Yep. And people know about your gift, but sometimes they can't use your gift right then. Mm. But he stayed persistent. And what I'm getting at, when this opportunity came, somebody recommended him to come speak to the king because nobody else could figure it out. Yeah. He had a plan. Yeah. Mm. He was a prisoner. Former slave, now prisoner, with no resources, no nothing, Mm. but a plan. And ultimately propelled him to be second in charge in a country he wasn't from. (laughs) So, to me, a plan can do all kinds of stuff for you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 But it at least aligns your thought. It provides unity and clarity, and now you can direct your faith. Yeah. That's and that's how, that's that's how that's I see it. it. That's powerful, bro. It is this is um one I've been smiling this whole time. I'm I'm over here like, man, this, I can't wait for the audience to see this and 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 to experience it because there's just so much in the different topics that we address that regardless of who you are, if you're a business owner or not, if you you know, your banking situation is amazing, you still going to have a takeaway from this. And so we're going to do part two, three, and four, um, conversations with Kim folk. Let's get it. Conversations with Kim folk, Twitter and Facebook. Facebook. So make sure y'all follow, like, comment. And then, we'll, you know, anytime in which, uh, y'all, y'all drop, I'll make sure I'll share on our, on our end as well. And we need you on it. Cool. Say no more. You yeah. Know, say you, no more. We need that juice. Yeah, we can do that. We definitely going to do that. Um, Outside of that, good people. Hopefully that this has been a good episode. Um, As you know, make sure you subscribe, like, comment. Stay planted.